0: This is Paul Dorsey, Brighton fan. You're listening to the Drunkard United Football Show. Arsenal fans need not apply.
1: You know, Sammy, it doesn't matter that your team both lost your ga- lost both your games. Why? Because footy's back. Well, the first one I would agree with you. The second one still pisses me the fuck off. Doesn't, doesn't matter that uh, Mel screwed up the opening again. Why? Because footy's back. Doesn't matter if we uh, both missed our bets. Why? Because the footy's back. Let's start the show.
2: and drink your rye Sam Houston Sam Houston Arsenal fans have another Sam Ray K.A. the Falcon or Graham Stunzel my lord looks great in shorts Sam Graham Sam Graham United
1: Hello and welcome to the Drunken United Football Show, a completely biased recap of the English Premier League is told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the way is my co-host, the desperate, the hurting Samuel Graham. Sam, how you doing? Uh, Desperate and hurting, actually. (laughs) Um... (laughs) We don't have very much
3: time there to make up the uh,
1: money I've lost. Uh, no. <laughs> nope. And and Arsenal, no do so good this week. No do so good. No, not at all. Not, not one a chance. Bit. It really, it's, it's Arsenal being Arsenal, to be honest with you. Don't worry, we're dedicating an entire segment to it. <laughs> we're recording at Studio H, just outside our nation's capital. You can check us out on all podcast platforms. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review, because that certainly helps us uh, with... Uh, Apple Podcasts for certain. And uh, most importantly, share with one of your footballing friends. Uh, Hell, just a friend who enjoys two drunk idiots saying fuck a lot. Send them along too. We can be witty, I guess, right? We did it for, or at least tried to for three months with no footy. (laughs) With nothing else to fucking talk about. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So um, should you want to chat with us, there is many ways that you can. Um, Sammy, why don't you tell the good people how they can get in touch? Of
3: course. We are at DU Football Show on all of your social media platforms Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, and then we are DU Football Show at gmail.com to get in touch
1: via email. Lovely. And we did get some emails this week, which is nice.
3: We did. Uh, we also had some social media interaction Excellent. Um, that Love I want to uh, get to real quick. Oh, please go right um, ahead. Because I thought it was a very good question. Uh, Mr. Justin, in one of the groups we belong to, the Great uh, Debate Sports Talk. Oh yes, absolutely. Uh,
1: That's uh, Jeff's group. Uh, yeah, uh, Jeff Whipple's group. Not normally, not normally a, uh, a footy kind of uh, group. We talk a lot L- more. Definitely uh, not a footy centric group. Yeah, talk yeah. talk a lot more, a uh, lot more NBA, NFL, and uh, a little bit of Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. But it's a fun fun shit talking group. I enjoy it quite a bit.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but uh, Mr. Justin uh, here. Said, can a soccer fan please explain why some teams don't start their best players? I'm thirsty for daily fantasy action and watching matches this weekend. I've noticed two teams not start their best players. Um, This particular circumstance with COVID and just coming back where the timing of the season is and contracts and that kind of stuff. There's a big issue with um, if a player's contract is about to expire due to the end of the season, they may not want to play to and then get hurt, right? Yep. Um, scupper a potential move in the summer. Um, there's rotation. The games are coming thick and fast. Um, so there is squad rotation in a lot of cases. Now, granted, this weekend was, for most teams, their first time out in three and a half months. Mm-hmm. Player might not be mentally prepared. Player might not be, have been training well. Player may have came back to training late, um, depending on how his test came back yep. uh, with
1: COVID. Uh, in the case of the big one, which was Mo Salah, he had picked up a small knock during the week. Probably something that most players could probably play through, but why why risk it? The, the, the Derby, was, the, the Merseyside Derby was not going to decide the title. So why bother putting your best guy out there if he's not necessarily 100% after three months? You could risk the injury.
3: Right. Well, exactly that. The other thing is, is just, you know, working out in general. If you feel a little bit of a knock, you might be able to run a quick mile or do something like that just to stay active. But would you necessarily put yourself through a two-hour grueling workout while you have that knock and risk a further, you know, potential month and a half, two-month, <coughs> three-month layoff? No. Right, so that's that's kind of what it is. That's why he
1: came on for 15 minutes at the end, or 20 minutes. Oh, he minutes, didn't, whatever he didn't it was. come on at all. He was supposed to. Um, it was uh, Mateep got hurt. Lovren came on. Oh, that's and right. That stopped yeah, yeah, him yeah. From coming on, so you are right. But we'll get to that in the first segment, anyways. But yeah. But, so, you know. but
3: that's that's the general consensus. Is is this most players in this situation would start had this been back in March um, when they were due to be played. Um, <laughs> But because of where we are, based on where the transfer window is going to fall, those sorts of things, you have contracts to worry about. You have uh, a a congested fixture list to worry about. Um, And so that squad rotation and that keeping players fit so you can sell them in the summer um, are are two deciding factors.
1: And, uh, you know, let it be known, casual fans that are just starting to get into the Premier League, When you're listening to our pod, no, we're not going to talk down to you. We're not going to talk over your head. Feel free to ask those questions. We like to hear them. And uh, our point of view is the more people you can get into footy, the better. Um, Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirits industry and both have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. So as the red-blooded Americans we are, we vow to have a drink on our hand throughout this show and every show. We are doing cucumber on cucumber on cucumber on cucumber. Sammy, tell us what we're drinking tonight.
3: Yes, so we've got a, another g because Hells we like yeah. to binge things uh, when we do them. Um, Hendrix Gin this time. 88 proof. Uh, this is an old classic here. Uh, distilled specifically to tone down the juniper uh, so they can highlight the other botanicals. In particular, there are 12 different botanicals that go into this, but it's also infused with the essence of cucumber and rose. So they basically the water they cut it down to proof with is soaked with cucumber and rose petal. So they are not dominant flavors, but they definitely have the under, the the gin itself definitely has the undertone of uh, of cucumber and a little bit of florality to it. With this G and T, we've used the bitter truth bitters, uh, cucumber bitters. I'm sorry. Yep. And then the fever tree cucumber tonic water. <clears> throat> so throat> cucumber upon cucumber upon cucumber, and in doing so, really draws out the cucumber in the gin as well. And also, what did we uh, garnish it with? Uh, cucumbers. Yes. <laughs> oh, and we yep. put fresh cucumbers in it, too. Right, and uh, if you don't know us, if you're just checking us out for the first time, it looks like we're just having cucumber water uh, at a spa.
1: Instead, but
3: it's not. loaded
1: full of booze.
0: I'm in love with this drink. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love cucumber. And especially
3: because it's been so hot and humid oh my gosh. the last few days. So refreshing. It yeah. is.
0: I don't. I honestly don't taste the gin. Like, I I hate it when people go, oh, I don't like gin. No, honey, you haven't had gin the right way or in the right combinations. But gin can be lovely and interesting.
3: Juniper is a very difficult flavor to enjoy. Mm -hmm. So when you find some of these craft gins, which Hendrix basically (laughs) invented that category. Oh, absolutely. um, If you find some of these craft gins where the juniper is toned way down, you'll find it's a very enjoyable, very versatile spirit to work with in making cocktails.
0: If this pod isn't up before 9 a.m. tomorrow, it's because of the gin. It's because of the
3: gin? Well, that's so halted I'm... an entire country's progress <laughs> economically for about 15 years or so. Yeah. Uh, um, quickly, uh, I also did want to mention that it uh, will fall if you find a store um, that buys on deep discount and Bridges. You can find a feature price for 29.99, but it can be found all the way up to 39.99 also for the same 750 milliliter. Yep.
1: Very good, very good. Well, kids, let's have a great show.
3: Let's do it to it, guys. That was, was kind of lame. That's better. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I, I'm going to start the show real quick. Uh, Mel, if you could play my music there for, for a new segment.
1: hmm The fuck?
3: I'm calling it Calling Out Cunts. Okay. I want to do this now because I want to take a page out of Ben Mee's book. Got it. We saw a banner flown over the Burnley-Manchester City game uh, right after the start of the game, just after the players took their knee, which said, All Lives Matter, comma, Burnley. Um, seemingly coming from... I figured you'd appreciate this. Yeah. with it. I do appreciate that. Um, so... Thank you, Molyneux. <laughs> no, that's actually Villa. Oh, that was Villa saying that. Yeah, one. fuck the, Oh, yeah, fuck, fuck the AR, AR was the Molyneux. Molyneux. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Ben May, instead of, when he spoke to reporters afterwards, instead of talking about the game and answering their questions, all he did was bring attention to how abhorrent that that display of blatant racism was. Okay? And I want to reiterate how abhorrent that is. <laughs> there is a very obvious inequality systemically in the United States and abroad and in those systems, including the police department and the way they interact with black people. The Black Lives Matter movement is drawing attention to the inequality and brutality that subset of quote unquote all lives faces. Saying all lives matter or white lives matter as a rebuttal to Black Lives Matter is racist. Saying that is trying to quiet down, drown out Or downplay the importance of gaining equality in justice, in policing, in education, in finance, and in fucking life in general. If you are a quote all lives matter person, listen to your words. Black lives are a part of all lives. And if that group is unfairly targeted or profiled, then all lives don't fucking matter, do they? Saying this phrase as a response to black lives matter shows you don't actually get it. Or at this point, even want to get it making you a fucking racist. Saying white lives matter. Well, that's obvious as uh, evidenced by white privilege. Saying this as a response to Black Lives Matter shows you don't give a fuck about black lives at all and therefore are a racist cunt. White privilege doesn't mean that you didn't overcome obstacles or hardships. It simply means you didn't have to contend with your skin color being one of those obstacles or hardships. If at this point you are failing to understand any of this, you are willful in your ignorance and complicit with continuing the status quo and are therefore, in my opinion, racist bastards. If you are listening to this, we vehemently retract our opening lines. If you fall into these groups, please unsubscribe, don't rate, don't review, don't email, and in the words of Seth Rogen, don't listen or watch. You can fuck right off.
1: Don't think I can say it much better than that, sir. Now to the football. Hey, and and Sammy, what what should people not do? What's one of the rules? Don't be a cunt. And it's, what's and what's what's the other thing? What should who shouldn't they kill? Black people. Yeah, don't, don't kill, kill black people. Yeah, it's pretty easy, isn't yeah, it? Just don't kill black people. Also, don't be a racist bastard. Pretty pretty amazing. An entire league this uh, weekend took a knee before every single game. Had nothing to do with the national anthem. Had nothing to do with the American flag. And the people who keep thinking that that's what it's all about, seriously, need to go out and play with traffic. It's Darwinism at its best. They, we need to thin the herd. There was a comedian the other day that was talking about
3: specifically COVID uh, and some of the things that were happening surrounding the pandemic and the way people were acting. It said you always learn about Darwinism and natural selection and those things. And you, you learn about them in textbooks because they typically take three, four generations to play out. So no one ever like, actually sees it. He said, it's really cool to see this microcosm of a very
1: long idea, a long theory, play out right in front of your eyes. <laughs> it's, it's not the first one who, who typically gets it done, but it's the first one that inspires all the others to do it. And Colin Kaepernick has sacrificed a lot in his career because he took a knee. And now there's a world taking a knee with him. And that says a lot. It yep. really does say a lot. Yep. So if you find yourself on the other side of the coin, again, Don't fucking listen to us. DBAC, baby. DBAC. Football is back, Sammy.
3: Football is back. Sorry, I to get that out of the way.
1: You know what? I don't want to fucking stop you. Please, by all means, go right the hell ahead. And, uh, you know, honestly, after today, people that are footy fans saw that, and I'm sure they weren't fucking pleased about it either. Yep. Let's face it, uh, with the teams kind of dipping their toes back into the ocean, uh, particularly in the case of the Jose Derby and the uh, Merseyside Derby, uh, the games were a touch doll. Uh, Tottenham <laughs> won, Man U won. Everton <laughs> nil, Liverpool nil. Um, <coughs> horrible breakdown from Maguire and De Gea. It not looked, he hitting. looked like he had cement blocks on his feet. <laughs> and and Bergvine just blew right past right past him (laughs) i mean mcguire's not known as being the paciest of defenders but he's still a really good defender
3: yeah he should be more positionally aware
1: he's the starting center back for the english national team and he looked dumb he looked like his legs got crossed honestly it looked like an old school Allen iverson crossover and just went right (laughs) the fuck past him and he just went "Uh uh-huh he looked like he looks Just a (laughs) meathead. Yeah. Just a blockhead that just doesn't know anything. And then you really got to hate it when, when the shot, you know, as a keeper, when it hits you right in, like, your hand area. That's really difficult to manage yeah. as a keeper. I'm just telling you <laughs> from my Did 25 you hear years King experience said? of playing keeper. When he hits you right on the hand, it's really hard to save it. Did Apparently, you hear what Roy that's King the case said? for uh, No, Roy <laughs> King came out and said during halftime he
3: was doing the punditry for that um, uh, on the desk. And at halftime, he came out and said um, he was like, "If I if I was still in that team, I I wouldn't just take a swing at him in the locker room. He said I would fight him." <laughs> like just, not just to like hit him upside the head or take a like punch him and it's over. No, we are adversaries. There will be a winner. I'm fighting you. Like you he, are going, yeah.
1: We, well, you because, will come back at me and I will beat you. Well, because if you throw punches at him and he blocks him away, you can go look. It's that easy. Fucking save a ball <laughs> and walk away. Yeah, <laughs>
3: idiot. Um, that was uh, pretty bad. I would dare to say a howler. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Maguire just. Uh, it, looked, it looked like Per Mertesacker in his last two games, Yeah, honestly, <laughs> just well. as slow as could be, uh, didn't <laughs> react well to the danger, and um, and Steven Bergwijn made him pay. It was a relatively simple turn. I think they gave him way too much space where he was originally mm-hmm. when he collected that ball, um, and then just
1: blew past him like it was going out of style. It was also interesting because, the, um, because of it being in the summertime now for the players, and they've been... You know, honestly three months is the most they've been away from football ever normally you're away from football for about three weeks you go play international duty if you're not playing international duty you're away from football for about eight weeks yeah, tops. But, yep. but normally it's three weeks you play international two weeks and then you're back to playing footy again so most of these guys it's it's a year-round gig it's what they do so oh, yeah. be three years three months away was was big um Interesting though, but that goal came right after that little water break they did. Mm-hmm. So Mourinho doing water what Mourinho does a big part this weekend, a lot in changing momentum and all sorts. Awful lot. You saw multiple goals scored right after a water break. Yeah, definitely. And I think it was twenty five degrees Celsius. Yeah, which is what seventy eight. Yeah.
3: Why do you need a water break?
1: Because <laughs> in
3: English, because because to them
1: <laughs> that's ninety. Don't they don't know. understand. They they got no they don't even idea know what, what heat is. they don't know what 90
0: and yeah. humid is. They don't know that's that's why they come to America to train in the summer so right. they can get like their asses kicked. Well, that was my question. Are they anticipating it to be hotter in the next five weeks? And in which case I would then assume you just so. you just have to do it as a standard thing because eh. that seems
3: weird. You can that's one thing you can implement. You can,
1: you can always implement it. Frank Lampard had a fucking jacket on. Yeah, it's <laughs> it can't be that hot. Why are we doing water breaks? <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, I think I think they're just they're doing it because of the time apart. Because it is, I mean, like I said, three months. None of these guys, unless they suffered a major injury, have not played footy for three fucking months. Like yeah, that's that's a you. lot. That is a lot to put on them. Absolutely. Um, second half starts. Paul Pogba comes on, and suddenly it was a dream. It was exactly what every Manchester United fan has ever hoped for. Yep, I mean impact,
0: unselfish,
1: hundred percent helping the team, handing the ball to Bruno Fernandez when he's sk- when he gets the penalty and lets Bruno Fernandez take the uh, take the penalty. Thank
3: God, because we'd still be standing there waiting for him to run up to the ball. Oh, yeah, that that
1: (laughs) penalty (laughs) shot wouldn't have been taken yet. Pants off, dance off, ball ball, bug, let us not forget. We'd still be into the two days worth of stoppage time at the end of that game. Never forget. Pants off, dance off.
3: (laughs) Never forget. Um, I think that Eric Dyer channeled his best Harry Maguire from the first half. Paul Pogba should not have been able to breeze past him that easily. And then a very rash decision in going in giving him any opportunity to go down. I do believe it was a penalty.
1: Oh, um, it, was, it was definitely a penalty. I mean, it's, Pogba felt the contact and Pogba went down. But that is what you expect any, any player to do, player to do especially when you're on the end line and you don't really have a look at a shot. Yeah, you feel that contact, you go down. Right, it's it's what a basketball player will do when taking a charge. It's what a receiver will do the minute he feels a hand on him in football. It's you know the foul's coming. You
3: fucking you you sell it. You know. Absolutely, hundred percent. And um, Bruno Fernandez dispatched the penalty very well. Um, both keepers played very well uh, you know, after the one big gaff. The one big gaff. There was a couple of brilliant saves. I think a, one that Hugo Lloris had. I think where he uh. Turn it on to the crossbar was Yep. brilliant. Yep. You can see in a lot of these games the rust start to shake off. Most of the second halves were better football matches than the first halves. They were. In a lot of cases. Um, but overall, yeah, that was kind of it was kind of dull. A second penalty shout, uh, overturned by VAR, mm-hmm. finally doing its job. Right. Um and uh Again, Fernandez, I think, took advantage of a situation. Jose Mourinho afterwards, love that. Did you hear what he said? No, I did not. He said, I'm from that country, and I know what players are capable of. (laughs) (laughs) How can you possibly racially profile your own fucking people? (laughs) Because it's Jose Mourinho. It's how he rolls, man. Bring offense to your own (laughs) countrymen. It is how he fucking rolls. It's hysterical.
1: Can can this Pogba thing work? I think so.
3: Uh, um, another show that, that we listen to from time to time, one of the pundits was saying that with Fred before and some of the gaffes that Fred was making, Pogba felt like he had to do everything. You would right. see him kind of work hard, but he was doing too much. And when Rashford was out, there was nobody to get on the end of the long ball. When Martial was out, he's not really a point man. So there's nobody to play with wall-wise. There's nobody close enough to him to for him to do that piece of the job right now he has a player in bruno Fernandez that he trusts right and so he can focus on the one responsibility he has and then Fernandez is a little closer to him which he feels comfortable playing one twos with and those sorts of things
1: now there was no um, bitching and moaning for fouls that he was pretty calm and quiet there on the pitch yep. not looking for stuff my second question is i say can it work will pogba allow it to work can Pogba be second fiddle? Because it's clear this is Bruno Fernandez's team now. This is not Paul Pogba's team. I think they will share a lot of that
3: responsibility now. I think they're, <sighs> Paul Pogba won't let the spotlight not be on him. Mm-hmm. But I think he was crying out for somebody to share the spotlight with. Okay. Um, I think that pressure got to be too much for him, and he crumbled under it. Uh, when it was solely his responsibility to make sure the entire midfield churned, but now you can see he played like a man with the weight off of his shoulders.
1: I, I tell and what, with the if, market
3: the way it's going to be this summer because of COVID, who
1: knows if anybody can afford him? Madrid's not going to pay you one hundred million dollars for him, right. which is exactly what you are going to need exactly in order to sell him because you bought him for ninety. If you don't get a hundred, you are not going to sell him exactly. So he may be stuck
3: at United, yeah. and he might need to make it work.
1: Yeah, it's I tell you what, if if he sticks around, I would fancy them quite a bit going into uh in the next season to challenge for top 4 and hell to challenge for a title. I mean, yep. you got to solidify, you need to get somebody next to McGuire that's a little faster and willing to take a little more initiative in the game, but your midfield's pretty good. You got decent wingers, you got a lot a lot of nice young talent, you know. <clears throat> yep. Your keeper can be the best goalkeeper in the world, or he can be a complete fucking knucklehead. You know, so that might need to get addressed, but unfortunately well, you have him you on ju- a deal.
3: Yeah, you just extended his contract. You have somebody like Dean Henderson, who yeah. United owns, that's on loan at Sheffield United. Yeah. And looks a wonderfully service a serviceable keeper. Yeah. I think he was put a little bit under the cosh, unluckily, this weekend. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about that obviously. Yeah, of course. But he um
1: he has been phenomenal all year Yeah,
3: Better than fucking David De Gea
1: Yeah, he has been All year uh, Better goals against More shutouts Yep, yep. uh Eastside Derby Quite a drab affair Wouldn't you say?
3: Uh, yeah, I um, will um, Three shots on target apiece mm-hmm. um, I, To be honest with you I've never heard of either of these two teams um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you <laughs> Liverpool completely dominated the ball. That was expected. Right. Um, But like I said, shots were almost even. I think y'all had eight. They took 10 overall. Yep. Three shots on target a piece. Y'all were very efficient in your possession, creating that many chances um, and worked extremely hard. I, I think missing so many pieces, having so many injuries, it
1: was a pretty decent display from you guys. Yeah. It looked like Carlo made a plan. It worked. The team followed it, which was great. Um, Incredible to see the 19-year-old get his uh, uh, Anthony Gordon get his first Premier League start. He has been subbing in quite a bit uh, before uh, the whole COVID thing went down, but getting to get his first Premier League start in a Merseyside derby, unfortunately, to an empty stadium, and his family not able to be there. But still, something he's probably going to remember forever.
3: Yeah, I'm sure somebody in the family got a press pass somehow. Yeah, they snuck they come snuck, on they snuck old pops
1: in there. I'm come sure. On.
3: Yeah. Mom but or pops they, got into that game. But they had, um, yeah, they, I thought y'all had an excellent game. I really did. Um, I thought Liverpool was wasteful in their chances early on. Um, and <laughs> I, kinda, I don't want to say crumbled under the task, because they ended up being equal to it. But you all had a, a big flurry of chances right at the end of the
1: game, two or three. Uh, that could We could have snuck one. You could have snuck a winner, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It, it felt like um, Liverpool, Liverpool was playing not to get hurt and not to lose. Yeah. You know, it did not feel like they were going into that Derby going, "We're gonna win this fucking thing." Yeah. Um, and I wonder if that's a hangover effect from where they were before COVID, because before COVID, they got knocked out of the FA Cup, they got knocked out of the Champions League, and they suffered their first defeat to a relegation battling team. Like, yep, that's truth. Not doing well, and I think maybe Klopp's just kind of easing them back in and just going. You know what? We'll worry about it when we face City in a couple of weeks.
3: Right. I mean, they know? only need to take six points from these final eight games.
1: All right. Uh, total, and they'll win the title regardless of City's mm-hmm. results. Which, which they can do. Honestly, the way it's now working out, they could do it against City. Right. They probably. I mean, considering this year, no, no offense to us because of the Merseyside Derby, but I'm sure Klopp would love to take it take- at, at mm-hmm. the Etihad against City over Pep. Yeah. Oh, he'd love to do it that 100%. way. Hundred percent.
3: So I, I just, um, fun fact also, very interesting. They may now, after Wednesday, they, it may be too late for this to come to fruition. Right. But had they beat you and had they won on Wednesday, it would have been both simultaneously the earliest and the latest that a team had ever won the title. Really? Yep. Okay, how? how? Because... How do you ask? Oh, COVID. COVID. So it's it'll it's late June. League always ends in May. So it's the latest date that anyone has ever won the title, but there would have been seven games left. Which is the earliest earliest someone's ever won. Someone's ever won the title.
1: It's normally it's like four or five games left, is normally when the titles determined. A little
3: bit of pub trivia that now is completely false because (laughs) they can't win it on Wednesday. Exactly.
1: (laughs) I don't think. Um and and for (laughs) me as an Evertonian, I'll tell you what um this season Liverpool has dropped points now to only three teams first in a draw to United second in a loss to uh, Watford and then again to us this weekend um honestly the thing to talk about Sam and we probably could have opened with this but uh there's a lot going on on the bottom of the table and I think it has become very obvious There are four teams battling for two spots to stay up now. I think it really comes down to it's it's Bournemouth, Villa, West Ham, and um, Watford battling for two spots to stay up.
3: What makes me nervous about it for Villa, especially, is their remaining fixtures. Oh, they got a tough schedule. They face four of the top six. Yeah, traditional top six. Yeah, I think I'm included in that. Yeah, I'm not a. I'm not in the top six well, on the rate you're going right now anywhere are fucking near the top they're six. winning that one <laughs> yeah um that might be the one surprise right right they um yeah so that's what i would worry about from them oh. specifically is is the remaining fixture list is very difficult albeit
1: it's mostly at home so uh let me knock out the scores here real quick uh villa nil Sheffield nil chelsea two villa one watford one leicester one Crystal Palace 2, Bournemouth nil, Wolverhampton 2, West Ham nil. Um, let's go ahead and get into uh, into Villa there, as you were saying, Sammy. Uh, any uh, Another thought to that? or yeah, it
3: just I mean if they you know if the two teams ahead of them or, or two of the three teams ahead of, ahead of them, pick up a win on a weekend that they lose. I think that it then becomes three teams, as you say, vying for one spot. Yeah, I agree I, with that. I think they're down. It's it's going to be a very <laughs> difficult this this Sheffield game we're about to talk about. I think was their big opportunity to stay in the race. Yeah, lucky I guess for them that uh, VAR didn't decide to intervene when Hawkeye failed. Yeah, but
1: unlucky they never scored. <clears throat> yeah, so, I will. I will say they were they were the better side in that game absolutely now all we're going to talk about is Hawkeye and VAR here in a second (laughs) but but they got more corners they got more opportunities they got more clear-cut opportunities but as is the problem they don't have anybody up top that can put the ball away and that is what's killed them this season you can't rely even now that McGinn's back you can't rely on McGinn and Jack to do it all for you Someone's gotta put the ball in the back of the fucking net. Right. And you lost Wesley and Samada is doing all the hard work, but he hasn't I mean he just came to the team. Mm -hmm. And and Davis is a is a young kid, you know, who's got the I mean, he's a fucking horse. He's a giant fucking kid, but you know balls on your head inside the box, son, you gotta put that in the back of the fucking net. That's your job, especially when you're a giant out there, you know? I mean, yeah. clear header, got to go in the back of the fucking net. Absolutely. You have to go after it. If you, if you don't want it,
3: I mean, there, there's no more of, a, of the epitome of to the winner goes the spoils, right? The, the, the person that wants it the most gets it than a ball floated into the box. Yep. You think of somebody like Giroud, has his critics – Technically gifted, in my opinion. You know my feelings on him. Yeah. But he's strong, he's big, and he puts himself about. A lot of times, a lot of the headers he wins are because he wants it more than the defender does. Yep. And showing that heart and desire is what Villa need right now, <laughs> but not what they're getting from their forward players. Yeah. I, I feel like the rest of the team showed it. I just don't feel like right. the... Right. And, and Jack and, and McGinn, the, the <laughs> two of them, Jack Grealish and, and, and John McGinn, Uh, and even Hurrihan to a a lesser extent, they all have goals in their game. But their job isn't to score
1: fucking goals. Well, and Jack can only put himself, especially into the second game, uh, which I I guess we'll kind of talk about both simultaneously. Yeah, why not? Um, Jack put himself into as many positions as humanly possible to know that he was going to get fouled, to get set pieces, to put all the big bodies in the box, and they could only manage one goal out of it. Right. They got... Opportunity after opportunity after opportunity against Chelsea as well. I, I and, that's, st- and that's Jack going, I'm going to risk injury and put my ass on the fucking line, dribble in front of people, tease them with the ball, knowing that they're going to fucking hack me. And he's getting knocked down a ton. And he's doing it to get those fucking free kicks. Yep. Put some of them in the back of the fucking net, boys.
0: Did not go unnoticed that the announcers spent so much time downplaying Villa, uh, talking about our going down as if it's inevitable, and what team Jack's going to go to next. Like They speculated on that two or three times during yeah, the show.
3: Doesn't surprise me. I, ha- I don't think Dean Smith is the most brilliant tactician that the no. league has he ever
0: always, seen. No. He always looks lost. He never, he just, he looks like he reminds me of that guy from that movie that is the coach of the team that just shows up, but doesn't have it all together. But he's a good bloke that works in the city and everybody (laughs) likes him. But he's just not terrific. And I just don't think, and I don't know what I'm talking about, clearly. I'm just talking about the impression I get from how he carries himself, to what he wears, to how he talks in interviews, to what his body language is. He seems in over his head.
3: Yeah. When it became clear that there wasn't going to be a forward coming in in January of any real quality.
1: Uh, Samada has... I, I like Samada, but he's not what they needed.
3: Right. What I would do if I were Dean Smith, and you can... Fight me on it if you want to. Is <laughs> I would have studied essentially every single game that Barcelona played under Pep Guardiola from like 2011 to 2013 <laughs> with guess what? Thou a false nine. Yeah. Yep. No Where striker. There is no striker. Yep. And especially when you have a midfield that has goals in them like Hurrahan, McGinn, and Grealish, all of them with their movement can occupy that space for a time and they have the ability to finish where none of those strikers at Aston Villa currently have the ability to finish. So, and even um, uh, Douglas uh, Ruiz, Luis, I'm sorry, to a certain extent has an eye for goal. Um, A little bit more of a flair goal, Uh, not, you know, very many. Um, He does just kind of add exclamation points from time to time. One free kick comes to mind. But why they didn't, go to that sort of a system and that's where i I think dean smith's um tactical ability
1: is a shortcoming for them so uh since we went ahead and talked about chelsea uh villa first a couple of nice goals by the way out of chelsea and it's kind of what you expected chelsea to do they i mean they gave up the lead and villa tried to do all they could to, to hold on to it but you know within a couple of minutes it was tied and then then the lead was taken by Chelsea. Yeah, uh, Mel, you want to go ahead and uh, go ahead and throw back that uh, nice, refreshing shot of Malort
0: I'm real quick. To see which one of you are going to videotape this because I haven't had Malort. Oh, here we go. We'll He's have, have him
1: video because I'm going to take my first one with you. Uh, no, 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 no. You take yours when you uh, talk about your two losses, there, killer. I don't Apparently, you're not that. allowed. You're going to do rules. that. I don't want to do that. I'm uh, a fucking tyrant.
3: You're uh, right. A scarf on. So the other. Th- oh, Say your final piece.
0: I mean, I got. I got <laughs> that we always do
3: before. Um,
0: I, I appreciated listening to the announcers talk about how what team Jack's going to go to, the inevitability of Villa going down, uh, the number two in the coaching staff. Apparently, he wanted the job at Chelsea, and that's kind of the stuff they were talking about with Villa. And so that's I'm Terry. not.
1: Yep. He also wants to fuck your uh, wife. That's what Everyone's John Terry wife.
2: wants to
0: yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, All yeah. of the. He wives. has that look about him. Like I don't. Yeah, I'm not I'm not happy with it. So yeah, I got nothing more to say. Uh up the villa, maybe. But uh when they go down, remember I go where Jack goes.
3: Now Mel's like the announcers.
0: Oof <laughs> yuck oh god.
3: I know it's worse coming back, isn't oh. it? Ah Oh, it sucks.
0: I don't even know what to wash it down with.
3: Oh, uh, that lovely gin and tonic will probably work.
0: Ah, <laughs> there it goes. Yes, that worked um, really well. Uh, let's so go the, ahead.
3: Get, get, the, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, real quick. Mixed emotions with that one because Christian Pulisic, uh, the American, who we really <laughs> want to succeed in England, ended up scoring um, the equalizer. Great after injury layoff pre-COVID, came back and scored the goal uh, that tied it up. So
1: that was good to see coming off the bench okay. uh, from him. Um, so all we can say about Sheffield, the Sheffield United game for Villa, Villa got lucky. The ball was in the back of the net. Hawkeye, which is the goal line technology, did not work. Now, mind you, it's the first time it hasn't worked in 9,000 questionable goal situations. No, 9,000 games that Hawkeye has been involved in. So so guess what? Hawkeye immediately admitted it, immediately said, we got it wrong. We're very sorry. You know what? You get the pass. That's okay because it's worked for 9,000 fucking games. What doesn't work is how come for 60 seconds of play, I'm sorry, 69 seconds of play, how (laughs) the fuck VAR does not look at a fucking television screen when their job
0: is to look at a fucking television screen? Uh Graham, I didn't mind.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Mel thought it worked perfectly. Um, owed
0: oh, that one. I mean, sorry, Nick. I agree, because Nick immediately sent a message in. I saw,
3: yeah.
0: Uh, sorry, Nick. I, I I, know they got screwed, but I don't care. We were owed that. <laughs> we got screwed over many times. Oh, you were screwed AR. over
1: with the uh, Jack Grealish uh, oh, against yeah. Crystal Palace, the penalty yep, that the didn't goal, get called, yep. and he got fucking a yellow for diving, and it wasn't it a wasn't, dive. No, near Plus, a dive.
0: the game really means nothing to Sheffield. They're just finishing out their season. They're well, not going now, up. Now it They're doesn't, because after
1: what happened to them in Newcastle this weekend. Yep. Yeah. Uh,
3: so besides there not being much to talk about in the actual game itself, um, the last thing I'll leave it with is I'm just happy that football came back. I was happy to watch professional football.: Yeah, that was I, the first game. I worked extra on Tuesday last week so I could be off early enough to see the game live, to mm-hmm. get home and see the game live. Um, but uh, the the only talking point for me we just went over is laugh my fucking ass off VAR. You were a
1: bunch of cunts. You're still a bunch of cunts. <laughs> very good. Very good. So um, let's uh, kind of kick through these next three uh, pretty quickly. I mean, they're not really a ton to talk about in each of them. Um, for Watford-Lester, it was nothing until the last five minutes of the game.
3: Yeah, essentially. The
1: entire game was absolute dog shit. <clears throat> Lester scored a great goal. And then right at the death was a Dawson, the center back, with a bicycle. Yeah. When does that shit great. happen?
3: No, absolutely. It was wonderful. The the one thing I mean, the the game was lively. They were trying. You no. know, it was a a more exciting nil nil than the Aston Villa Sheffield United game. Oh, absolutely. But absolutely. You could definitely see the rust, and then in the last ten minutes, the rust <laughs> visibly shook off the players and they had some quality what? about them. Oh, wait, we're supposed yeah. to score here. Let's um, do it
1: twice, quickly. But
3: fuck all that happened. Ben Chilwell, potential goal of the season there. Oh, Oh, Potential goal of the season there. It was brilliant. What a
1: hit.
2: Oh, what a hit.
1: Absolutely laced it. He'll be lacing them for fucking Chelsea next year. <laughs> <laughs> fucking laser beam. That was brilliant. Yeah, it was it, it there were it was two great goals and that kind of made up for a slightly mundane game. But but what can be said is much like Villa at least trying. It looked like Villa tried, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It looked like Watford was trying. Mm-hmm. When we get to Norwich, it doesn't look like Norwich is even fucking trying anymore. And they in, thought they were still in quarantine. And in the case, <laughs> and in the case of the next match with for West Ham and Wolverhampton, it looked like. West Ham tried, but they can't try good enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't try so good. <laughs> I mean, I, get all the credit to the world to uh, Declan Rice for playing center back and filling in a void and doing a job and putting in a shift. But, you know, when you've got a right back starting for you, that's a kid that's about to go out of contract that does not want to resign with you and then just gets burned over and over and over again down the side in the first half. It's just
3: like... Yep. The, uh, the other thing... Or Dama Triori completely changed that game. Oh, oh yeah. It's As we, soon as he came on. It's what Triori does. Absolutely.
1: And when he starts, it's not the same.
3: It's He's, not. He still does a lot of good things, but especially when players begin to get knackered with as physical and as fast. And um, now over the last year and a half, two years, as smart. And with the final ball that he's added to his game, and even finishing he's added to his game, now when he comes on those last 20 minutes and the other team's kind of huffing and puffing, there's no more...
1: That outside back's exhausted.
3: There's no more gut-wrenching feeling than seeing him standing at midfield ready to come on. It's like, oh, Christ. Yeah. I just did all this
1: for the last hour. And now I got 30 minutes against this dude. And you've got an NFL running back coming on yeah. the pitch with like short, squatty, big chest, huge fucking legs. Oh, and he's lightning fast. Yeah. It's and like, and like, he oh. can change pace. Now, it's, it sucks. <laughs> but, but then when you play him in, you know, when you play against him and you put him on as a starter, you as a defender, you can get him out of a game real quick, run him into the corner play physical with him early he gets dejected very quickly so yeah for me it's like his best job is coming in off the bench and maybe not with wolverhampton if i was a team like you know one of the the top six clubs i'd spend 40 50 million on that guy legitimately and just go your job is to fucking win games in the last 10 fucking minutes Yeah, and definitely. i'm gonna use you every fucking game to do that and he'd he'd respond. He would completely respond to that. I think. I Hundred he, percent. He, he'd like to start. He'd like thing, to play as, all the time. But I think he he'd knows, respond.
3: Yeah, as long as he knows the plan, and you're honest with him about it. Now, yeah. every player wants to start. Uh, every player wants to to play all ninety minutes, but it, it's not literally. It's not possible. Right. Yeah. So as long as you're honest with him about the game plan, and th- and then it backs it up. The game plan itself is working. Right. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um. Footballing wise, I would say the unluckiest person in football due to COVID is Danny Ings. Yeah, the way he's been banging goals in all season, he hit the bar early on in that game, and then had a great finish well,
1: later gonna, in that game. We're going to talk about that in the last segment. We haven't talked about him yet. I know, a, but you, we mentioned Norwich. I thought we. were I just, onto that I just said too. Norwich isn't trying. Oh, all right, sorry. I just said Norwich isn't. It's oh, nice when you listen to me. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead into the next game of the the last game of this segment <laughs> I would just like to say on injury time and if uh, you would listen to injury time Sam how would you get to find injury time uh, you can find
3: that on our patreon page www backslash du football shows multiple tiers you could sign up to uh, you get some stuff in the mail actually yeah um, once you do sign up but there's also extra content extra shows uh, possibly some video uh, mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff you can get from us so yep. check that out and make sure you Fully immersed
1: in the DU football show experience. Exactly. And on that show last week, I said, and I quote, Crystal Palace win easily (laughs) 2-0. Sam, what was the score? I was 2-0, and (laughs) And it was a (laughs)
3: pretty easy
1: work uh, for Crystal Palace. (laughs) Fucking called it. And it was exactly what I told you it was going to be. It is a veteran team. A veteran team is ready to play. The only thing that knocks back a veteran team is not being healthy. That's it. And they're all healthy. They were ready to play. They fucking played well. Voila.
3: Yeah, uh, Luka
1: Milivojevic,
3: normally from the penalty spot, this time took the same dead ball situation just about 14 yards further away, Uh, maybe less than 14 yards, maybe more 11 yards further away, and it was fantastic. (laughs) What a free kick from him. I honestly, oh, Jordan Ayew. It was an old-school Arsenal-esque move from them. Uh, in that build-up
1: uh, yeah. for Jordan Ayew's finish, Zaha right down the goal line. Well, there was a there was a
3: cross-field ball. Mm-hmm. There was a one-two played. It was decent football, good build-up, and then a, a great cross on the ground. Jordan Ayew tapped it home. Still had a lot to
1: do. Ball bobbling a little bit. Yeah, but put it right on Boop. his foot and boom, Yeah. goal. Uh, Bournemouth looks like they don't care. Yep. I mean, I th- I think it's I. I There was only three
3: shots on target the entire game, and two of them went in by the same
1: team. Yep. Bournemouth had one fucking shot on target. It was
3: absolutely pitiful.
1: So this segment, um, I'd like to read you guys the notes that I wrote. And now, Arsenal. Manchester City 3, Arsenal nil, Brighton 2, Arsenal 1. Hugh Graham in three, two, one. All right. It's going to be a little bit of a uh,
3: quiet start because I'm going to do my first shot to rev up to the excitement. Okay. And then I'll do my second shot to close it out. So, uh, haven't had to do this for a while,
1: but down the old hatch. <laughs> How's the taste? Oh, and by the way, Sam, that's all I wrote for the notes, so you get to carry this segment. It is just
3: as nasty as I remember it. Uh, Typical old Arsenal um, against City. Mm -hmm. Two injuries in quick succession. David Louise, red card, uh, gives away a penalty. Also at fault for the first goal. And then why not just add a third? Because fuck it. Um, That was essentially the entire thing. We had a couple of chances. Uh, one of which fell to Eddie and Ketia, which was unlucky because just a little bit of an experience overhit it.
1: Uh, but City kicked the ever loving shit out of us and shook off the rust way faster <laughs> than we did. There was a little something in the first 20 minutes from you guys, and then there was
3: nothing. <laughs> nothing.
1: <laughs> yep. It
3: was really, really bad. bad. I mean, Not as bad, really, though. Really, really bad. Not as bad because it's City and you expect it. I was just happy football was back. I knew we were going to lose. I said online, uh, if you're um, following uh, Drunk United on Facebook or um, in our closed group, which if you like our Facebook page, you get an invite to the closed group, uh, Drunk United Football Club. We, um, we said, it doesn't matter. I don't care if it's 12-0. It's city. I know we're going to lose, right? Doesn't matter to me. Just happy football was, football's back. I get to watch something. I get to yell at a TV. Because I haven't been able to yell at a TV about <laughs> anything other than politics for the
1: last three months. Yeah, uh, City. <laughs> <two> <laughs> like yeah, yeah. that's true. Sammy <laughs> City. Two games this week. Eight goals for. Zero against. Yeah. City is fucking City, and City now has Laporte. If and butts were honey and nuts, it would be sweet and dreamy. I know, but <laughs> but if this team was healthy, if if Laporte was healthy, back in February even. It's a completely different conversation. I think Liverpool still wins the league, but I also don't think... It's City... by 26 points or whatever they're up I, right now. I don't... Now. Yeah. Per- precisely. I yeah. think we're looking at, like, a nine-point lead or a six-point yeah, exactly. lead. exactly. 100%. Because it all changed when Laporte went down. And now, they just... They score every fucking goal inside the six on a tap-in. They just... They dance the ball around you. It's fucking Pep Guardiola at Pep Guardiola's best. Yes.
3: David Louise uh, looks like Sideshow Bob, but what's the clown from the Simpsons name? Sideshow Bob? Sideshow
0: Bob? No, the clown. Oh, Sideshow Krusty. Mel. Crusty. Oh, Crusty the Clown? Yeah,
3: he looks like Sideshow Bob, but he plays like fucking Crusty.
1: <laughs> um, Terrible.
3: That's all I'll say about that. Brighton.
1: Right, let's go on to the next one. For fuck's sake.
3: Um, I just, I, I'm...
1: How many games has Brighton won in 2020? Um, None.
3: Well, now one, one, yeah, they've up, won, up one. to this point, none. <laughs> yeah, yes. they've won, won Zero. You no, they <laughs> hadn't taken a single solitary point in 2020 until Sunday, Saturday. Um, I am basic Becky here because I just can't. I just fucking can't. I, can't. I just. I don't. I just can't even. Can't. Yeah, both teams were lively but lack quality. Pepe finally. <clears throat> Fantastic goal. Gorgeous goal. And that was the only good moment in the match we had.
1: Well, and it seemed like you scored the goal. You're like, okay, fucking game, set, match. You're going to win one nothing, Or maybe you get a yeah. second one right at the end. But well, you'll be all right. Typical you're Arsenal. what you're supposed to do. Yeah, typical Arsenal
3: goal-mouth scramble.
1: Rob Holding puts it off
3: of, uh, I don't know who they credited the goal to, mm-hmm. um, but hit off of him back into our own net. I think it was Dunk who ended up getting it. Yeah, well, fantastic for him. Uh, and then Neil Mopes bitch-ass, who... Mm-hmm. Had some choice words after the game, and um, fuck him. He hit Burt Leno when there was no reason to go for the ball. He was two yards away, hadn't left the ground yet. Leno already had the balls in his hand. A ball balls in his
1: hand. Uh-huh. Ball in his hand. And he jumped up and pushed him.
3: Jumped, shouldered his him. body into him, yep. yeah. Lands awkwardly, probably done. They're saying, the rumor I heard, possibly out until 2022.
1: Wow. Yep. Well, I mean, you, well, well, you know, hold on, hold on. He's a gentleman. Remember, he said he didn't mean to do it, you know, and that, that, he, that he felt sorry about what happened. He felt so sorry about what happened that when you could hear Leno yelp, he fucking yelped. You heard it over the fucking background music. Yep. He yelped. You heard it clear as day. Mopay was right there to point at the fact that he had gone outside the box with the ball and was yelling and screaming for a handball.
3: Yep. Yeah,
1: that's, that's but, exactly but the gentleman the game, that I he thi- was. But
3: after the game, I think the Arsenal players lack humility. and da-da-da-da-da. Fuck you, bro. Okay? Um,
1: you, you might have just ended a man's career. He's going to sit up. When you try to go over and touch his hand to go, oh, I'm so sorry, to try to make yourself look like the good guy, if he sits up in the fucking stretcher and looks at you and tells you to fuck right off and points in your face... You fucking take it and you just go. All right, yeah, okay. I I I, I tried to smooth it over, didn't work. He's right.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? basically. Um, so that being said, um,
1: oh, and then to quote Charlie do, Austin. Oh, and then and then what he did, did? He do then? He scored the game winner. Oh, yeah, and right yeah. in extra time, right? Because your cause team an asshole, just doesn't. Because we have no care. spine. Zero spine whatsoever. So to quote Charlie Austin,
3: and to round out this segment. Um,
1: it's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> Rounding out the rest of the league and, oh, so that happened. It's not really, oh, so that happened. It's footy happened, footy happy. fucking <laughs> footy <laughs> happened. Yes, sir. Newcastle three, Sheffield nil. Um, Southampton three, Norwich nil. Man City five, Burnley nil.
3: I think you're doing Newcastle a disservice here.
1: Oh, <laughs> Putting hey, them in
3: this what? segment. We don't get to talk about them often.
1: (laughs) I needed to round out this segment, so I put them in. Um, (laughs) But that also reminds me, real quick, I was fully prepared to just mock Joe Linton. It was there. First half, he runs down the pitch. He's all by himself against the keeper. Kicks the ball directly into the ground and watches it bounce out wide. I'm like, there we go. That's our story. We're just going to mock Joe Linton. And then Sheffield got a red card, and then suddenly didn't know how to play football when they had to play with a back four.
3: Joe Linton involved in both of those incidents, the two yellows. Mm-hmm. Um, the first obviously was a little bit of a shoving match. Uh, that uh, was it, Johnny Egan that got the red card. Is that right? Yes. Yep. Shouldn't two have yellows. been involved in. No reason to do that. Pushed Joe Linton, got the yellow. <laughs> Then starts dragging him back, the jostling for position,
1: brings, ends up bringing Joe Linton down after a lo, uh, actually a decent turn from Joe Linton. Which, after you've watched Joe Linton kick the ball into the ground when he was going away to goal, why don't you just let him run on to goal? Right. Because <laughs> yeah. he's probably going to fuck it up anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Instead, you're like, nah, I'm going to pull him down. No, and you're going to get the second yellow. No, one, you're going to get sent yep. off. Uh,
3: very obvious Matt Ritchie's importance. Mm. Uh, as he was missing earlier in the season.
1: Um, when Newcastle was on one of their terrible runs. Hell of a strike. Henderson, I think, could have done better. He was he was caught, as you like to say to me, tree-trunked. Yeah, he was caught flat-footed. Yeah. Um, I
3: think part of it was struck very well. Don't, don't oh, take oh, yeah. anything away from the oh, strike. Oh, it was a great hit. I think part of the problem was is there was a, a <laughs> moment of hesitation. Nobody talked about it that I heard, but Danny Rose's run on the left, the overlap as Matt Ritchie was carrying the ball. Mm-hmm. Force the defender to have to think about the run, and he stayed just enough off of Matt Ritchie that he got that half a yard to have a strike mm-hmm. um by the time he addressed Matt Ritchie, the ball was already past him uh I think Dean Henderson may have been caught flat footed because he expected the defender to address the ball, and then he would just have to worry about whatever cross Danny Rose was putting in right right. I don't think he thought that 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 shot was going to come. Uh, But it it, it did, and it was a laser.
1: (laughs) All right, so real quick, we got a uh, question from uh, uh, our boy Keith out in uh, Frederick, Newcastle supporter, who was on for the potential Newcastle takeover show with us when we did the Zoom meeting. Yes. Um, So, Mel, if Aston Villa fails to beat the Mighty Magpies on Wednesday.
3: Mighty Magpies. (laughs)
1: Three-game winning streak. Is she conceding relegation, or is she still holding out for hope? I thought they had a chance of escaping, but the play of the bottom three makes me think that they are all going down now.
0: Um, I think I actually lost hope a while ago. It's the two of you that are both uh, rooting for Villa to come up, and I, I secretly think that's just because you know it's good for the show if Villa stays up, but <laughs> I'm... I think I've already conceded it I'm, I actually don't mind Villa, I, I, don't I, I, love Villa. That. I love Villa but we couldn't get points against Sheffield although Sheffield plays good I mean I'm not knocking him but we couldn't get you know one point for a friggin tie I hate I still hate that thing by the way I know I know uh but <laughs> let's see what happens on Wednesday let me uh let me revisit that question next week
1: I mean it screams because uh Newcastle's won two in a row and has played well That they will completely suck a dick next week. Absolutely. I am looking (laughs) forward to them.
0: what Newcastle does. I'm looking forward to them sucking a dick.
1: Did you? (laughs) It'll be like, it'll be like the, like. That
0: can't be show title. The the
1: take, the the takeover goes through. (laughs) The takeover goes through. They suck the dick. (laughs) That is exactly what happens. Well, because the problem
3: is if they win a third in a row, Mike Ashley's not going to sell. You'd be like, oh, this is a viable business
1: option. Yeah. No, 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 wait. I could sell it for 450 million.
0: <laughs> I believe we've we've scored one goal in five games.
1: Yeah. Something like that.
0: Yeah, that's really sad. That's really sad.
3: Uh in terms of Newcastle, though, quickly.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, is it Newcastle or two castle? Uh, n- well, puff. now it's
3: three castle. Yes. They, they um I think this is the longest. Time between back-to-back wins.
0: <laughs>
3: and longest winning streak. In footballing history, yeah. There we go.
1: Longest winning streak well, for no, Newcastle. The, the
3: longest winning streak. Well, no, that was the longest holding a cup. Right, right, you right. say the Portsmouth in World saying,
1: War II. I'm just saying for uh, Newcastle, longest winning streak. Oh, ever. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. 100%. <laughs> they, um, uh, Joe Linton nabbed a goal finally after all of his hard work. He did work very hard yeah, in this did. game. He played Absolutely. very, He played pretty well.
1: Better than I've seen him play all season. Maximon and, and Almarone are fantastic on the wings. Busy. They're really great players. Maximon
3: grabbed a goal. I yep. think Henderson was was unfairly criticized for that. Um having to come across his defender should have dealt with it, absolutely whiffed the ball, and uh coming across still got a foot to it, but it, it Maximon it smashed a, it. Yeah, he killed it. Yeah, so Steve Bruce, just like to say, uh he came out with some comments. Mm -hmm. Did you hear these comments?
1: Um, Yeah, I heard he talked about he's looking forward to the next coach while he's still (laughs) under contract for three fucking years.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Even though you won
3: 3-0, I just want Alan and Keith and all the boys to know (laughs) that you didn't fucking fail to disappoint. (laughs) Your currently contracted coach, who has probably less time on his current deal than Alan Pardew still has on his parachute payments for being sacked, uh welcomed the idea essentially of a new coach coming in
1: and all but wished him good luck. <laughs> yep. Post takeover. Um <laughs> Southampton, Norwich. Um we don't have any Norwich people who <laughs> listen to this show and Norwich is dead man walking. Notch. And um Southampton, if we have anybody who listens that are Southampton fans, they sure as fuck haven't reached out. I do. Oh, we do. Somebody in my neighborhood. Oh, okay. Excellent. Actually. We do actually finally have a Southampton fan. Yeah. I like it. Kenny, what's up, buddy? Hey, right. um, but but I, I they 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 did exactly what they were supposed to do. Uh Hassan Hoodles got them playing good ball. The right people scored goals. They're, I mean, they're gonna be safe.
3: Yes. The only thing that I would say about this uh was the point I tried to bring up earlier and then got shot down by the court jester. I mean tyrant mm-hmm. um <laughs> is <laughs> is uh Danny Yang's footballing wise has to be the most unlucky person in all of football. Um, Harry Kane was hurt. The euros were this summer. Didn't know if Harry Kane was going to get back in time to be fit for the euros. Maybe a Wayne Rooney situation where he was brought anyway and gained match match fitness during the tournament. But Danny Ings was due up to be England's number one. Um, Potentially, maybe, maybe alongside Tammy Abraham and COVID allowed Kane to get fit, forced the Euros to be pushed back to next year. And who knows if that form is going to continue. Yeah. And who's to say Tammy and (laughs) um, and Harry Kane aren't in more blistering form. Right. And I just obviously I want to be sensitive to everyone that's been affected directly by this disease and everything else. I'm strictly speaking in a footballing sense. As it comes to Danny Ings, he is the most unlucky person on the face of the planet. Absolutely.
1: Um, So with City and, uh, and Burnley, allow me to say the following. In the last four games, City had beat Burnley a total 20 to 1. Now in five games, they have now beat them a total 25 to 1. It's time to tell you what a little we know it is. Prediction time. Sammy, you have uh, reached a monumentous uh, opportunity. You have broken Mount 2000. You are now down $2,097. How do you feel on this momentous occasion? Good. Excellent. Good. Coming right back in. All right, good. What, I got to I, um, I I
3: sell my mattress but to place
1: this next bet, but uh, I'm feeling good. Feeling confident? So before you make (laughs) your bet, I just want to know, can you become a Mr. 3000? Can you do it? I think you can, Sam.
3: Of course I can. All I have to do is pick something stupid and bet $1,000 on it, which is
1: what I'm prone to do. (laughs) Probably what you're about to do. But before you do that, Sam, I think you need to uh, go back to feeding the Dort Spirect Cup of Losers.
3: Yes, I do. And uh, so here's what I wrote. Um... They had to do with Arsenal, but I don't really remember. I just know I lost. That's the first one. (laughs) And the second one is shake my motherfucking head.
1: (laughs) So there you go. Um, Um, As you make, before you make your bet, I'll go ahead and say what mine says is, at least I'm not as bad as Graham. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. All righty. Thank you so much. Go ahead and tell us what cockamamie shit you have today.
3: So I obviously need to make up a lot of ground. I have picked a four-part parlay <laughs> uh, because I need the money. <laughs> this should go over really well. It should. And should I hit, which I do have the potential to do, it will put me in the black, my
1: friend. Is a $2,000 winner?
3: It will be. Oh, I Lester, can't wait to
1: hear this shit.
3: Lester to win against Brighton with Vardy to score and Everton to win against Norwich with Richarlison to score. Okay. This four-part parlay will bag me plus two eight. Or I'm sorry, plus eight fifty-four. So I decided to throw down two hundred and fifty bones on it,
1: ah, which would
3: then turn me back two thousand one hundred and thirty-five dollars. And it would put you in the block. It would put me at ninety-eight bucks to the positive. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and the sad part is, is it could fucking happen. Yeah, totally fucking happen.
3: Yep. They gave me pretty good odds on that. Wow. <laughs> so I decided to put a lot of money on it. And, um, yeah, I think I will once again, and then all it'll be, city to win, city to win, city to win,
1: city yeah, to win. Just, just to make sure <laughs> you survive.
3: Absolutely. And I will, like I did last year, be far behind with only six games to go, and I'll still end up on top.
1: Yeah, well, that's all right. It's
3: I'm- a tried and true system, my friend. Dare I say, 100% of the time, it works 100% of the time because we've only done this for one season prior to now. So I have a 100% success
1: rate with this system. All right, well, let's check in on our degenerate. And now it's time for our degenerate gambling friend, Pat's Pick It A Week. Well, that didn't go well. Uh, so <laughs> pushing on one bet and winning one is probably as unlucky as you'll get. So let's just try one game this week. And what I think is an easy one. Usually, I take the weekend primetime game, uh, but I need a win. So I'm going to take Manchester City over Chelsea, uh, giving a half a goal. So all I got to do is win by one at minus 145. I'll bet 145 to win 100. Uh, That's about as easy as it gets. I hope, Jesus, I picked some bad games last week. (laughs) Talk to you next week, boys. You know, he he just he had a rager in his pants, man. He was just like yes. games, games,
3: games. games. Cut bet, cut bet,
1: cut bet. No, he just yeah bet all the games. So can I just
3: like put my arm around Pat for a second? Sure, go right ahead. Um, I found out it was not illegal to bet horse racing on your uh, on the internet in Maryland. Right, and I put a hundred bucks in when I found the day after I found this out. Put a hundred bucks in that uh, I believe it was Saturday morning. Uh huh. $12 I put down on some race in England Won 202 bucks Nice Cashed out 110 And proceeded to spend back $184 over the rest of the weekend And not win shit <laughs> Just cause I could
0: wasn't the Belmont this weekend? It was lost and a you, lot of money on that too. Okay, you, so you yeah. did. Be, okay, God, I'm like you. Uh, why are you betting English games when the Belmont's you, going I on? I bet a Same race way.
3: in Qatar. I bet a, <laughs> I bet races in Australia when I couldn't sleep at two thirty in the morning. I bet. <laughs> It was bad. I should not have access okay. to this
1: app and neither should Pat. <laughs> that you Ranger, s- that Ranger was poking you in the face when you're going bad yeah. bat, bat, bat. <laughs>
3: Yeah, You've you already do it.
0: spent Tegan's college fund. Can we not spend the the Fetus's college <laughs> yeah. fund?
3: Hold, hold on. I won two hundred and two bucks okay. on my first twelve dollars. I cashed out a hundred and ten on the hundred I put in. I'm still up ten dollars. <laughs>
0: All right, we'll put that $10. I was playing with house
3: money. Put right.
0: that $10 in Fetus's college fund. <laughs>
3: yes.
1: Yeah. Sorry well, started
3: No interrupt.
0: problem.
1: Let's go ahead to me. Big Sam's Lock of the Week. Um. So I'm currently down $367, which is a lot less than <laughs> 2097 Uh Unfortunately for me, Craig Dawson hits an overhead kick, which is not supposed to fucking happen, or else I would have hit my fucking bet and I would have been halfway to uh, in the black again, which is something I've already done this season, unlike you. <laughs> it is sad that we talk about our successes and the fact that one of us has been in the black for one week. <laughs> um, that's, a,
2: that's so bad. So this
1: <laughs> week, I'm, gonna, uh, I'm actually doing a parlay as well. I'm going to pick a couple of gold scorers in the midweek. I'm going to take um, Raul Jimenez to score against Bournemouth and Sadio Mane to score against Palace. And for them to score at any time, will net me plus 324, getting me closer to the block. There you go. Minor
3: anytime goal scorers also. I don't think I mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I assumed that.
1: Yes. Now, that was a great segment, but we give you more. Each week, Mel goes into the backyard and visits and has a chat with our fabulous foul. I give you Kitty
0: the Chicken. (laughs) Fabulous foul. (laughs) Last week, she was an adventurous head, and now it's head a, fabulous and now she's a fabulous fowl. fowl. So um, we did have someone send in a technique of hypnotizing, massaging, doing something to the chicken to get them to do what they it want. It was smoky. That was it. It was uh, Yeah, Ginger I don't brad. need to do that. I just bribe Kitty with uh, food because she's very food-oriented. That being said... She's a fat chicken. She really is. Kitty was not happy to be back at 500, but she knows she'll get it right this week. So I gave her Spurs hosting West Ham. Now, Kitty quickly pulled out a photo of her, which it was odd. It was a Polaroid. It was not on her iPhone. Oh, okay. Well, it's the hipster thing to do, and Kitty, you know, she keeps up with the trends. Right, right. Now the kids are posting photos of their Polaroids, because that's what they do. Anyway, she pulled out the Polaroid, and it was uh, her and Steve Nash and Adam Richmond at a restaurant holding up a shirt saying, I survived the Colossal Burger.
1: Adam Richmond, man versus food. No wonder it was a Polaroid. It was taken at the restaurant. After the fat chicken won a food challenge.
0: Yeah, clearly. So uh, I'm guessing she's going to fancy the Spurs to win in the London Derby.
3: A London Derby. A hey, London Derby. Not wrote, the he, London Derby. He Darby. wrote
1: the London Derby. i, meant,
0: I meant so. That's a dig.
1: That's a subtle
3: dig.
0: So I just read what's put in front of me. That's a subtle and, dig. And, and hey, Mel, what should we always do? Oh, yeah. Gamble and And uh, um, what else, Sam? Because
1: you forgot to do at the start uh, of the show. Drink responsibly.
0: Oh, thank Ladies you. Ladies and gentlemen, always remember to gamble and drink responsibly.
1: Clearly, he has something on his mind. I do want to quickly say
3: something, Mel. Can we also remember to, when we write decent copy, get it out before we start giggling? Is is that okay? Because, fabulous foul. He was, you could always see it. it. I held it.
0: What's great (laughs) is he didn't like, he'll come in and pulling behind the curtain, people. I'll be sitting in my office doing something. He'll bust in, like, uh, what's his name? Next door neighbor for Kramer. Seinfeld. Kramer, Kramer on Seinfeld just pops in. I know to mute whatever I'm doing. He's got something cl- or something he thinks is clever, wants to read to me. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's Monday mornings because or Sunday evenings. I know it's the kitty, the chicken bit, but he left out Adventurous Hen the week before and left out Fabulous Val. Now that is in the rules of three, we've got one and two. What could he come up with next week? That'll be three.
1: Right. Yeah, give you one more. I'll give you one more.
0: (laughs) Anyways, isn't this a Slutsk segment?
1: Yes, it is. It is. uh, The mighty FK Slutsk unfortunately lost to uh, Newman Grundo (laughs) to keep with the uh, Seinfeld bit. Um, The lost won nothing. Uh, Points of interest in the game is that with 80 minutes left, two separate Slutsk players got their second yellows a minute apart. So they went from... 11 to 10 to 9, like that. And unfortunately, they dominated the pace of the game. It was all them. They had one unfortunate counterattack led to a goal, and then the ref really kind of fucked them over. Now, something that I'm uh, a little interested in is after we've done our interview with uh, uh, Vitaly Trubilia, who was absolutely delightful last week. um, He was. Great bloke. I noticed on YouTube there were at least a half a dozen overhead views of the stadium. And I'm wondering if old government was listening because I said, um, you know, talking about the size of the grounds, that maybe they were showing it off, that or one of their cameramen had just gotten a new drone and was playing with it. Now, the other interesting point to bring up as well. Oh, oh, we got a picture of Vitaly with fish
0: myself. I was just saying, uh, Vitaly, after our interview, was going fishing, and so I was showing Graham a shot of him <laughs> holding up his fish.
1: At dinner for two, three days there. Yeah, nicely done. So, the uh, the other interesting thing was, is that one of the uh, Neiman Grundo uh, players was being, uh, I guess, celebrated before the match. Now, you have to remember, there's no commentators. There's no th- no, nothing nothing there on YouTube. It's just the games the game, are playing. Yeah. So, you hear the announcer, and of course, he's speaking in Russian. You're not going to understand what he's saying. But the player is receiving a watch, and I'm assuming it's for like player of the week or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. He is receiving it from two sex bees. Sex bees? I'm sorry. Sex bees. That was a question mark at so the that end is of
0: my. It is two. It is
1: two females dressed in leotards with like black leotards with black stockings, and then they have bright yellow garters. Around their waist that goes down to their stockings, and yellow bee heads on their head. I'm I'm wondering if like hits the 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 maybe the mascot for the watch company <laughs> because it's it's clearly a watch he's getting. But before the game, Strange. there are in fact sex bees. <laughs> Strange. <laughs> it's the little things I noticed. The off the the out of tune trumpet player. <laughs> or, or a pair of sex bees. Well, he <laughs> now watches, and they weren't, and they weren't at breast.
3: <laughs> I that was,
1: is, I want. Was it Bella Russian Halloween? I um, <laughs> one one of the other, uh, the the match the week before they had cheerleaders. Um, All right, I just doing like normal cheerleading routine. I was like, oh, it's probably like the local like. School, like high school equivalent of a high school, whatever. Yeah, no, it was grown women, <laughs> grown women. You know midriffs, what else is funny? Knee socks, like. All right, clearly,
3: apparently, that's a popular Belarusian fantasy. <laughs> and uh,
1: then pictures from uh, the there's there's a uh, uh, Belarus uh, FK Slutsk. Group that's based out of Baltimore. It's yeah. a bunch of Liverpool guys, but they've been watching the Sluts, matches. Yeah, and they put and up Sean.
3: Sean's part of it. the <laughs> they, uh, The head of the Liverpool group in in
2: yeah. Baltimore. So yeah. they
1: put up a bunch of pictures of like just guys in the stands. Like one guy with his shirt completely off. Another guy with his shirt wide open. Just big old beer bellies sitting in the just sun, chilling. <laughs> just chilling.
0: Yeah. I got to check those out. That sounds hysterical. Sex. That's
3: fantastic. Sex bees, huh? Sex bees. Sex bees.
1: I don't want to call them sexy bees. I want to call them
3: sex bees. <laughs> All right. Uh, Quick thing producer Mel produced today uh-huh. is a little bit of news surrounding FC Slutsk.
0: Oh, I, I was like, well, I didn't produce jack shit. What did I do uh, today? The
3: chairman of the Minsk Oblast Executive Committee, uh, Churchin, <laughs> agreed with the government on the issue of financial support uh, for Grondoya and FC, FK Slutsk. Mm-hmm. A decision was made to financially help these two clubs. Uh, the social significance of these clubs is huge. Chairman of that committee, I'm not going to say it again, Alexander Churchin uh, agreed with the government on the issue of financial support for Grondoya and Slutsk, uh, which represent the central region in the major league of the championship of Belarus. Um, the head of the main department of sports and tourism of the committee, Yevgeny uh said that Churchin personally decided to look into the functioning of the clubs after he learned about the difficult financial situation of the direct sponsors of the team The Grundoisky And Slutsky Which is now a new funny word slutsky uh, Sugar factory Very good They're sponsored by a sugar factory Receiving watches at Sex <laughs> <laughs> There's, from yeah, nothing yeah. Better, There's nothing better From next connection. season Fuck the EPL Next <laughs> season <laughs> This is the Drunkard United Belarusian football show, and this is all we're doing is covering the Grundoyan Slutsky Sugar Factory, which sponsors Sex Bees and Watches and our beloved FK Slutsky.
0: I just want you to know, the interview with Vitaly has gotten six downloads in Belarus and Russia. And they've been going back and listening because Adventurous Hen had four downloads from Belarus. Oh, that's awesome! So we may be picking well, up some uh, Belarusian fans, so please send us in some questions. That's awesome! Would love
3: yeah. to hear from you. Thank and you, guys. To, it's and tell, us,
1: tell us more about the clubs. If somebody happens sex-bies. to be, if somebody tell happens to be a slutsk, Somebody happens to be a slutsk fan. Uh, we want to know about the badge. We want to know about the history of the club <laughs> and all that good stuff right (laughs) and honestly as this pertains to england this is the government
3: helping out clubs in financial difficulty yep we've talked briefly about this in league one and league two and how some of these clubs are going to operate especially if no fans come back right so now there is some sort of european precedent for helping out clubs in the lower divisions um with government money or uh or other teams money so just to bring it back to a serious note it's nice to see this happen. This should happen. No club should have to fold because of this. I believe that no business should have to close because of this. It's
1: good. It helps supports the city. It brings pride to the city. It's very important. Absolutely. It's it, it's
3: incredibly culturally important and it's it's good to see a government give a fuck about its people.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: and Well,
3: uh, after no, I, I won't get into it.
0: I'd argue (laughs) that the DU football show is also culturally important and Graham, if they want to support us, how can we do that?
3: www.patreon.com backslash DU football show. Tons of extras. Uh, You get the full experience with Sam and myself. Uh, Also get to hear sound check, which I didn't mention earlier. Um, as well as our Injury Time podcast, which is our preview of the upcoming week of the Premier League, uh, where Melissa
1: doesn't have a mute button and Sam and I are both fucked. And, um, <laughs> and Sam and Mel both talk about all the craft beers they drink on there. True. We always talk yeah. about the alcohol on this show, but talk about the craft beers on the next show. Yeah,
3: we do have side beers throughout the show and all <laughs> shows.
1: And uh, we do get them a mench and we uh, talk about them a bit and what we thought minus ice house cuz i'm trash i'm also almost out of actually out of ice house i need more so sam parting words make it quick
3: uh yeah real quick um just i want everybody to know what Marcus Rashford did over the last like 10 days basically the uk had decided that they were not going to extend the summer meal program through schools for low income families uh that was going on during the covid crisis this happened in, a lot of major cities that have poor populations um, happened in Baltimore. We had the option of going and getting free meals from the school um, for tea. We didn't, obviously. We, we left those meals for people that that truly needed them. Um, but the option was there. Uh, Marcus Rashford came out before the fame and fortune of Manchester United came out and told a very heart-wrenching story of being poor and needing those meals. And didn't matter whether or not the school had the funding, or or what it was that the government needed to step up and make it happen. Um, attach that just general human decency point, like I said, to a very personal story of himself. Uh, and Boris Johnson himself mentioned Marcus Rashford when he said that. Wow, that really does mean something. We're going to go ahead and reverse our decision. He completely changed the UK government's stance. On continuing the funding for that program, and while yes, it affects a lot of people um, of of all races and genders, as we've seen over the the last few weeks, um, systemically black people are taken advantage of a tremendous amount and do not hold as much wealth oh, as. No,
1: no, no, wait, wait, Sam. He should shut up and just score goals.
3: Yeah, he uh, black people do not have. Um, the same opportunity that a lot of other races have uh, because of their skin color in the system that we all live in. And he brought light to the fact that that is fucking ridiculous. But it is the case, and we need to help out where we can at the moment. And the government happened to agree with him this time. Maybe That's it was good. a PR move. Don't care. It got done. And um, And good on him. And more athletes like Colin Kaepernick, like Marcus Rashford, Uh, More athletes need to use their platform for issues that are important because sports, as pure as it is in terms of competition, is riddled with corruption for money, is riddled with issues, but can be a tremendous avenue for change. I have never met personally a racist athlete because you share locker rooms. You're up close and personal. You work hard together. You see what people of different backgrounds, different cultures are about, right? You see the, the, the content of their character, as Martin Luther King said. There is no fear anymore. You're brethren now. You're on the same team. You're soldiers in arms, you know? And I personally believe that sports is one of the biggest avenues for change that can possibly exist. And more athletes should speak up. Shut up and dribble. That one cunt said on yeah. on, uh, on the news about LeBron James. Um, shut up and score goals is oh. a common
1: trope. Oh, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. But the white quarterback said uh, something about the flag, and she said he should be allowed to voice an opinion. Correct. So, Get all Laura Ingram. So fuck all that shit. Cunt with a hard T, she is. Yeah. And a hard T.
3: Hard C, hard T. Yeah. Fuck all that shit. Athletes are citizens of whatever country they're from. They live and work in possibly other countries. But these issues, these, these political issues affect their lives. And they're just as entitled as any motherfucker is to sit on Facebook and voice their motherfucking opinion. Yeah. You're
1: so, allowed to sit on Facebook and run your mouth. They're allowed to.
3: They're allowed it to too. use their platform just because you're mad that you have six followers on Instagram and only six people that are like minded hear you out. Fuck you. Who cares? You're small potatoes. You're small-minded. You're small potatoes. You're a piece of shit. And I hugely hate you.
1: People should stop thinking that um, these programs that are being used are because every black person lives like an episode of The Wire. It is not a father that works on the street corner selling drugs and a mom that's a basehead. It's fucking two parents that work two jobs. Middle fucking minimum wage paying jobs. And barely can pay the fucking bills. And guess what? Those free meals is a little bit of fucking help. And they're able to do a little bit more for their family because of that. There's nothing to stop fucking overthinking it, people. It's really not that big of a deal. It's Actually, pennies I- on the dollar for us for taxes to pay just a little bit extra for, for a kid to be able to have a hot fucking meal. Actually, you don't want a kid to have a fucking hot meal. It's just terrible. Overthink. Start fucking thinking
3: because you're just being a cunt <laughs> you're just being a cunt start thinking start thinking about other people overthink
1: about other people and don't be a fucking cunt dbac baby next up is injury time more of the same i oh, felt we, good we do a little uh preview of the weekend's games including the fa cup this weekend as well and sam how can you check that out again www.patreon.com Back to the football show I mean, only Alex Jones Has a better plug than you, sir
3: <laughs> Too bad <laughs> he's a show <laughs> crazy cunt <Yeah.
2: laughs>
1: Alright, everybody Until next week Good night Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland
2: Spread to be a fan of fucking Aberdeen Punch you in the eye And drink your rye Sam you Sam do fans have another Sam? Right, yeah, the fucking gooner Graham. Stunned of a lord, looks great in shorts. Sam, Sam, Graham, Sam, Graham. United! United!